Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Happy Holy Thursday, brothers and sisters. We we will be beginning and entering into the Paschal Triduum with the evening Mass of the Lord's Supper. And it's a beautiful time of the year. In fact, I, I think the, the highlight and the climax of the church year is, is really now. So let's just begin with a prayer. And a prayer that I will use is the collect from um, the, the Mass of the Lord's Supper. So let us begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who have called us to participate in this most sacred supper, in which your only begotten Son, when about to hand himself over to death, entrusted to the church a sacrifice new for all eternity, the banquet of his love. Grant, we pray, that we may draw from so great a mystery the fullness of charity and of life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. You know, first we can just reflect on this prayer itself. That we are called to participate in this supper. In this supper that where our Lord, um, he handed himself over. He wasn't um, dragged to his death. He wasn't forced. But he chose to hand himself over. Entrusting to the church a sacrifice new for all eternity. So let us always remember that, that yes. Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. The, the, the chief priests and, and, and the Jewish leaders um, handed him over to Pilate. But it was Jesus, Jesus himself, who handed his life over for us. It was a free act. It was our Lord's desire to hand himself over so that we might have life. Let us always keep that in, in, in our minds. The first reading, um, as it has been in past years, is the Passover, where, um, if we recall, the Israelites are about to be liberated from Egypt, and Moses is is trying to get them to to prepare, and this is the night when the Lord will send the angel of death, right, to to go across and strike down the firstborn male of anything that opened the wombs, right? Either animal or, or child. And, but the Lord was merciful. And he said this, he says, um, this is how you are to eat it with your loins girt 
sandals on your feet and your staff in hand. You shall eat like those who are in flight. It is the Passover of the Lord. For on this same night, I will go through Egypt, striking down every firstborn of the land, both man and beast, and executing judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I, the Lord. But the blood will mark the houses where you are. Seeing the blood, I will pass over you. Thus, when I strike the land of Egypt, no destructive blow will come upon you. Hence, it's called the Passover, when the Lord passes over those who has um, the lamb's blood spread on their doorposts, right? That was, that was a symbol for our Lord to know, okay, those are my people. That's the people that I will protect and pass over, and I will not strike down the firstborn. And of course, this is a foreshadowing of the, the, the Lamb of God and whose blood will also bring about our redemption. But, that, but we'll get to that in the gospel. So first, a few things that I want to point out here that we ought to meditate upon, or I invite you to meditate upon, is notice the manner in which um, they are instructed to eat. It says, eat like those who are in flight. This is not a, a comfy sit-down meal. Let's get everyone together, have some wine. No, this was a meal as if they're in flight. Because they are, there's, there's an urgency to it, right? Like this isn't um, your, your casual sit-down dinner. No, this is something that, that there's a sense of urgency and an importance to it. This is the night that the Lord will mark them as his people, right? Will mark them by the blood of the lamb post on a post of, of their doors. And seeing that. He knows that's his people, and so he will pass over, right? And also, the urgency is that um, we will also see later in, in, in passing on to, to us now that, that, that there's an urgency to, to our conversion, to our life of faith. There is, we can't just sit around waiting for Jesus to, to come back. We need, there's an urgency there's an urgency in, in the way we live, in the way we proclaim the gospel, in the way we spread our faith to others, because it is like a flight. It is, you know, it is a constant journey. And we don't know that the day or the time that our Lord will come again, but we must be ready. And so we must, like the Israelites here, we must always be ready as if we are in flight. We are, we are only sojourners here on earth, going to our final destination, our true homeland in heaven. And we see the mercy of God. We see the mercy of God on the Israelites that, that he is giving them special privilege. That he will not strike them down. But in fact, he will strike down the Egyptians to show the Israelites who he is, that he has the power, that he is the one true God so that they may come to believe. But we know that, that the Israelites did not always believe. We know that once he crossed into the promised land, not to, I mean, I mean crossed the Red Sea, not too long later, they start complaining. 
about water, about food, how they wish to be back in Egypt. And so, so we must always remember that this is an ongoing journey, an ongoing journey that is one urgent and two that is always blessed with God's mercy. That even in the times when we complain, when we complain and we wish we were back at something else, God is always merciful. And God always wants to give to us the true food, the true drink that will be foreshadowed and we will see in the New Testament. So that's the, that's the Old Testament reading for this evening's Mass, the Exodus, the Passover, the great gift of God's liberation to the people of Israel, how he chose them, how, how in his love he has prepared for them a new land, how he has remembered the promise he made to their fathers, to Abraham, that they will become um, a nation that is God's own, a people peculiarly his own. So this Passover shows us that God is faithful and that God is merciful and that God is love. And now we come upon the second reading, which is from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. There are two lines here that I really think um, um, not sums up, but really explains what it is that we are doing now as a church, why we do the things that we do. Here's, here's what St. Paul says. I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you. And then he, 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 he goes on to explain the breaking of the bread. This is my body and the chalice. This is, this is my blood. So St. Paul is telling the people of Corinth that what he hands on to them isn't his own. He didn't make it up. He didn't have a dream and say, this is what you do. He said he received it. He received it from the Lord so that what he hands on is not of his own accord or of his own thinking, but that it is from the Lord himself. And this is passed on to us today in the Mass, in the Eucharist, that what we have today in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is not an invention, is not a... Something, something that we, we thought of along the way to, to increase membership in our church. No, it is what has been handed on from what the apostles received from the Lord himself at the Last Supper, the day we commemorate today. And that is why for Catholics, the Eucharist is a source and summit of the Christian life. And that the mass is the highest form of prayer because it is what we received from the Lord directly from himself. That is why the mass is so important. That is why we, we, we have an obligation to go to mass because it is what the Lord gave to us himself. So I thought it was quite important for us to highlight that today that the Mass and the Eucharist isn't an invention, isn't a nice afterthought, 
but it was part of God's plan from the very beginning, from the moment of creation, that God had in mind to found the church and to give us this lasting memorial of his son's sacrifice. And on the same lines, to the next line here, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. Right? We do this every day. There's mass every day. Because we proclaim the death of the Lord, not because we're gruesome, but because it is precisely by his death and resurrection do we have eternal life. Do we have new life? Do we have salvation? That is why. And we do this because the sacraments, the sacraments are meant to help us here on earth. Because in heaven, we will need the sacrament, we will need sacraments anymore, right? So sacraments are for um, humans here on earth. And so that's why it says, until he comes again, because once the Lord comes again, the sacraments will no longer be needed because we have him face to face with us. What sacrament can, can take the place of that? Nothing, right? So it's so important that we perpetuate and we continue to, to, to commemorate our Lord in this way because it's one, what he handed on to us, and two, it is what we're being asked to do. And three, here on earth, the Eucharist, that's our Lord himself. That's our Lord himself. So brothers and sisters, do we, how, how do we approach the Eucharist? Do we see it as something important as much as the, as the early church did? Because that was what held the church together in the early days in the face of persecution. It was the breaking of the bread and the traditions of the apostles and the communal life and the prayers. But it was the breaking of the bread that held them together. It was the breaking of the bread that strengthened them, that made them want to embrace their cross. How do we approach the Eucharist? Do we just say, oh, this, this is what, just what I do every week? Or do we reverence the Eucharist, knowing that that's truly our Lord present there? Body, blood, soul, and divinity. Something to think about and something to bring into prayer. And now we move on to the gospel. Um, so I will read this and feel free to close your eyes and and just or follow along but you hear some music and you also hear me reading the gospel before the passover Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during supper, 
fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over, but you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, but as I have done for you, you should also do. Right. Very rich, very rich gospel. Right. We have here the Lord, the Last Supper, and and you can see that this is sort of like his farewell speech, in a sense, before his his resurrection. This is the last moment that he will share with his disciples. And what does he choose to do? He chooses to eat. Right? He chooses to eat and he chooses to wash the feet of the disciples. Why? 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 It, it, that's striking, isn't it? If, if you knew you were going to die, what, what would you do? What would you choose to do if you had only hours left? Our Lord chose to wash their feet. <laughs> Our Lord chose to wash the feet of the apostles in the last hours of his um, freedom, quote unquote. But just, but, be, but before we go there, I just want to point out a, a, a line that is very important. He loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end that our lord loved his apostles he loved all those people who he has come to encounter and he loves all those has yet to encounter in his physical presence and by extension all of us and he loved them to the end to the very end as a human as as fully human he loved to the best and to the to 
the most perfectly as, as you can as in his human nature, that from the moment of his birth to the moment of, a de- of his death, he has loved. And then to now, his, 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 he, as a, he is about to give his um, greatest ex- expression of his love on the cross. Before that, he gives us a Eucharist, yes, but also he does something that no student, disciple, follower would ever expect or teacher to do, and that is to serve them. And this he chose to do as one of his parting acts is to wash the feet of his disciples. And of course, Peter objected. Said, no, 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 Lord, you, you, you can't wash my feet. You are my teacher, my master, and my Lord. You never wash my feet. But Jesus says this. He says, unless I wash of you, you will have no inheritance with me. Right. It is in washing. It is in serving that we have inheritance with Christ. And that's why we are baptized. Right. That we are washed clean. We are washed clean. But the stain of original sin, the effects of it are still there. But we're washed clean. But yet we can choose again to sin. In the same way, our Lord washes the disciples' feet and gives them an example, a model to follow. But it's, 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 it's just, it's much more than just an example. Right? He says, unless I wash of you, you will have no inheritance with me. What is, what is an inheritance? Inheritance is what comes from a parent. What comes from your father. So Jesus was saying to Peter, he says, where is it? Let me see if we can go back. He says, unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. So what is he saying to us? That we share in his inheritance. From who? From his father. We too are the father's sons and daughters because we have received his inheritance in our baptism. And hence, that is why, because we have received his inheritance, we must now do what he is doing now. Which is washing people's feet. And now, of course, not just washing people's feet, but serving. But serving. Our inheritance, brothers and sisters, our inheritance with the Lord from the Father obliges us and calls us and implores us to serve, to serve as he himself has served. As Christians, we are not called to sit back and rest and let people wait on us. No, it's the opposite. As followers of Christ, we're called to do the serving. But first, we must listen to him, to his word, and then we can serve. Because if we don't know what we're doing, how can we serve? 
right? So that is why there's we must pray. We must sit at the feet of our Lord. Learn from him by the sacraments, by the scriptures. And then we can be moved to go out and serve. Because if we don't, if we just go out and serve, we will, we will get burnt out. We will not know why we're doing this. But if we first listen to the Lord and sit with him at the table, at his feet, listening to his word. And what does this remind us of? The mass, the liturgy of the word and the, and the liturgy of the Eucharist. That's, that's, that, that's what our Lord was doing at the Last Supper, praying and breaking bread. It is only by doing that first are we able to serve. It is no coincidence, brothers and sisters, that that is how the Mass ends, right? Go forth, glorifying God by your lives, by serving. Go forth. It is only when we have received the word of God into our hearts and received him in the Holy Eucharist are we able to now go out and serve. And that is all having passed down to us, as St. Paul said, from the Lord himself. That is why, as Catholics, we do this day after day, week after week, year after year. And why we believe that the Mass is the highest form of prayer and why the Eucharist is a source and summit of the Christian life be precisely because of this. That without the Mass, without the Word and the sacraments and the Eucharist, we cannot fulfill and live out the inheritance given to us. We cannot be like the, like the prodigal son who after receiving the inheritance squander it and we will squander it if we just simply receive and not listen and do what we have been asked to do right that's what happened with, with the younger son in the particle son parable he took the money and he left he left he didn't know what god he he, he didn't care what the father had for him to do he just took it and, and he wasted it on a life that was not becoming of, of his identity as son. And so he lost his inheritance. He wasted it. But what happened when he went back to the father? He embraced him. He restored it to him. Confession. Right? The sacraments are all interlinked. The inheritance. Right? Our identity. And, and then now how we live that out. I hope, I hope it, it's not too confusing. I, I just trying, trying to express to you the great connection that, that our church um, has and, and how it really goes back to our Lord. Um, so hopefully I, I haven't confused you. But, but just think, just know that, that we share an inheritance with Christ that comes from the Father. And this inheritance must be lived out and used in service of God's people. Because that's what our Lord did. And that's what our Lord asks of us today. So on this Holy Thursday, on a day the Lord instituted the priesthood and the Holy Eucharist, let us renew our promise to live out 
the call of God in our lives and to not squander his inheritance. And let us promise the Lord, though, yes, we will. We will follow your model, Lord. And I will do for others what you have done for me to the best of my abilities. And by your grace, hopefully I can do some good. And now let us spend some time in quiet prayer. A few questions for reflection. How do I approach the Eucharist? Do I believe in the real presence? How is the model the Lord left us played out in my life? Is it? And finally, oh, I guess that was it. I, I, I combined the questions. So these two questions, I, I invite you to bring them to prayer. I invite you to bring anything that may have, that may have touched your heart throughout this session or, or anything that might be on your heart now. You know, ask the Lord really to open your heart. Ask the Lord to show you what is the call of him for you in your life is. And ask him for the grace to live it out. And if we have squandered his inheritance, let us earnestly ask the Lord to once again wash away our sins as he washed the feet of the disciples so that we may receive it once again and start over with him. Let us pray and meditate for the next two minutes. Okay, brothers and sisters, I just realized that I, I, I didn't touch on, on one thing, and the most important thing, of course, the Eucharist is 
you know, our Lord says that this is my body and this is my blood. Not, not this is a symbol of my body or a symbol of my blood, right? That, that our Lord said that this is him. And, and of course, I, I, I know if you're watching this, you, you know this, but I just, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it just because it's, it's the Lord's Supper. But, but, but the focus was more on, 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 on the mandatum, on the new, on the motto, because that's what our, our gospel was focused on today. But, but in, in case we had some confusion, the Eucharist, our Lord says that this is my body. So we believed in the real presence that when the priest confects the Eucharist, says a prayer, he calls on the Holy Spirit to sanctify them and turn them and to ch change them into the body and blood of our Lord. What appears as bread and wine is substantially the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's what our Lord said. This is my body and this is my blood. And do this in remembrance of me. So have, let's, let's conclude with a prayer. Oh, and here's a nice picture of, of, um, of Jesus watching Peter's feet and everyone's just looking in, in shock and all. But that's what our Lord did. Everything our Lord did was shocking, was breaking any preconceived notions of what a teacher and master would do. But that's what he did. And that's what we are called to do to serve, to, to come down from our high place and to serve the lowly, to serve the um, underprivileged, to serve the poor, to serve the outcasts, to serve those who are in shame. We are called to love them and serve them so that they too may one day go and serve others. Let us pray. Father, for your, for your glory and our salvation, you appointed Jesus Christ, eternal high priest. May the people he gained for you by his blood come to share in the power of this cross and resurrection by celebrating his memorial in this Eucharist. For he lives and reigns with you in, in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, thank you, thank you for watching and for, and for joining me for, for day five of our Holy Week retreat. Um, Tomorrow, we will be back live at 8 p.m., I, I believe. Please check the website for, for the latest. And, and please have a very blessed sacred triduum. These are the, the holiest of days for us because our Lord's, because of precisely what our Lord did is a sacrifice for each one of us. So blessed, blessed triduum to you. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. And Mary keep you always. Bye-bye now. God bless. For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at www.belovedsonministry.org.